The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed in the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Dr. Carol's Couch with your host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. All comments, views, and opinions are solely those of Dr. Lieberman, her guests, and callers. Now it's time to have a seat on Dr. Carol's Couch. Here's your host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome to today's edition of Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Well, it's countdown to Valentine's Day, and I have the cure for the Valentine's Day blues. I figured this is uh, something I need to share with all of you because uh, because this is, studying relationships and love has been um, something that I have been doing for a long time, both personally and professionally. Uh, as many of you know, I wrote the book called Bad Boys, Why We Love Them, How to Live With Them, and When to Leave Them. And by next Valentine's Day, uh, my new book should be out called Bad Girls. We have Whenever I was promoting bad boys, people would say, hey, well, what about bad girls? And it took me a while to get to that, but it's going to be on the shelves at, your, uh, at the bookstore nearest you next Valentine's Day. Um, what, why is this such a troublesome day? This is, this is like the hardest day of the year for, for pretty much everyone um, because if you're in a relationship, there are all these pressures. And if you're not in a relationship, you feel like a loser and sad and like you can't wait till the day is over. So how, is, how can you make the day, regardless of what your relationship status is, how can you make the day a good one, a happy one, a one, that's, one that spreads love around rather than one where you're afraid to walk out your door, door or get out of bed and uh, see what it's going to bring? Now, why, why do so many couples break up before and during and after Valentine's Day? It's because of the pressure. Men feel the pressure to um, do what the woman expects. They want it to be perfect or what they think that the woman wants to be perfect, um, and they don't quite know what that is a lot of times. I mean, you know, there are the... <laughs> I mean... <laughs> It's not really that hard. There are, I mean, there's, there are the standbys, roses and candy, chocolates and, and dinner and so on. Um, or, you know, in this economy, it doesn't have to be a fancy dinner in, a, in, a, in an expensive restaurant. It could be a candlelit dinner that the guy cooks at home. And what about women? It's not just a guy thing. Um, how, how do women express their love? You know, that's, I mean, whether you're a man or a woman, there is always the feeling of wanting to do what the other person, what will make the other person happy, but that doesn't make you risk too much. I mean, that's what it's all about, being afraid of rejection. 
Uh, I mean, that's what all this pressure and this fear comes from. It's a fear of being rejected, either because you don't do the right thing or enough of the right thing, or because you put yourself out there and tell this person that you love them, and the person is going, ooh, <laughs> I was hoping you wouldn't say that. Um, so what are, what are some of the ways that, that one can deal with this? That's what we're going to be talking about today. Now, sometimes um, the breakups that occur on Valentine's Day or around Valentine's Day can be a good thing. And why is that? That's because this is a day, regardless of whether you're in a relationship or not, um, that you take stock of your love life. And if you're in a relationship, then you look at the person you're in the relationship with and you ask yourself whether that person is good enough. I mean, let's just be honest here. (laughs) That's what you do. And the problem is that so many people settle for less than they really deserve. Now, that isn't to say that Uh, I mean, there is no perfect person, no perfect man, no perfect woman, no perfect lover. Um, So it's not that, although, of course, that's what we've been led to believe with the media, by the media, if if a woman doesn't look like Barbie or a man doesn't look like Ken, forget about it. Um, But, and and of course, you know, there are all kinds of other rules and and, um, yardsticks to measure your partner by. But really, it, the things that make a partner a good um, valentine are a lot more subtle. And they're things like honesty and can you trust this person and do they have a good heart on Valentine's Day and um, would, they, would they stick with you in, in sickness and in health and, and all of that. You know, all of the stuff that really counts, not the superficial stuff. It doesn't really matter how much money the person has in their wallet um, if they're going to cheat on you, for example. So this is a time to take stock, and that's not necessarily a bad thing because you have to decide whether you are putting up with a situation that you um, shouldn't be. Someone who's abusive, of course, is the worst physically or sexually or even emotionally abusive, someone who's always critical, um, you know, situations that someone who's cheating, someone who's lying, uh, someone who's hiding things, someone who, who you know, who has been hiding a secret uh, besides cheating. Um, are you putting up with these things because you're afraid that if you end the relationship, you're not going to have anybody else? And that's, of course, the main reason why so many people stay in relationships that are bad for them because they're afraid that if they give this up, even though it sucks, that it's familiar. And um, if they give it up, you know, it's a, du- a jungle out there, a dating jungle. Um, what are they going to find? You know, the people, it's so easy to talk yourself into thinking that if you give someone up, um, you're, it's only going to be worse. You know, there's, there's no one better out there. Everybody is going to treat you badly. It's just a matter of which imperfections you're going to settle for. I mean, yes, as I was starting to say, people do have imperfections, but there are ones that are important and ones that aren't. And really, um, if you ask your heart of hearts, uh, talking about Valentine's Day, you know yourself which things are the really important things that count. Because just like fine, fair-weather friends... Um, you can have fair-weather lovers. When things are going well, then it's great. 
But if if you have a problem, you know, let's say you're not feeling well that day, or let's say um, you lose your job, or uh, some other, you know, one of life's uh, down moments, is that person really going to be there for you? And not that, you know, not that uh, I'm encouraging having a little lap dog that's going to be there and, and cuddle you and, I mean, it doesn't have anything else to offer, but, but you have to look at all of these qualities and really decide what you're sacrificing and what's really important. So that's why sometimes, you know, when you, when you do look at your partner and you realize that you do deserve better, it's not necessarily a bad thing to decide that this relationship has had its moment and our moments, and um, now, you know, it's, it's done. It's, um, it's not working anymore. Now, of course, the thing is, though, that if you have decided that, uh, you don't have to be mean about it, and especially on or around Valentine's Day. I mean, that totally sucks to be dumped on or around Valentine's Day. So um, the way you do it, is really important. I mean, it's important any day of the year, quite frankly, but it's especially important if it's going to be on or around Valentine's Day because people are especially sensitive and at that point. So there are ways to, to do it, like um, writing a letter, not necessarily listing, you know, all the person's flaws. I mean, if you've decided, if you've decided that this relationship is not salvageable, now that's, of course, the gray area, and I guess I should address that. Um, Especially when, if you're married and there are children involved, I'm, I think uh, some of you have heard me say this before, that I always say that people who are married and who have, have children, if they're not getting along and they're thinking of divorce, they need to at least spend a year in therapy um, in order to see if these problems could be worked out. And I'm not talking about, you know, behavior modification therapy or medication therapy. I mean, yes, sometimes if someone needs medication, they need to take medication. But I'm talking about talk therapy, therapy that looks at um, your childhood and what kind of relationship you had with your mother and what kind of relationship you had with your father and how you're bringing these relationships, these dysfunctional or disappointing relationships that you had with one or both of your parents into your current love life and how that's affecting you and your partner, and what you can do to fix that. Now, the only, I've, you know, the only exception I've, I've come up with that I can think of in recent memory um, is Ellen Nordgren, who, yes, she has two children, um, and yes, in an ideal world, it would be nice if she could uh, reconcile with Tiger Woods, and certainly they both should be going to therapy. He should be, they should both actually be having individual therapy as well as couples therapy, but um, I, I'm not very optimistic about the outcome of that relationship because of the sheer number of women who he was with and the fact that they weren't just one-night stands and you could just say maybe he's a sex addict. It's not that. I mean, it's, I know he's been in rehab for sex addiction, and that's another reason why I don't think that he's cured and, and uh, that this is going to last. But... Um, but it was more than just a sex addiction. I mean, he was addiction. He was uh, keeping these women, at least some of them, around and having real relationships with them, albeit at his beck and call. But still, 
Um, and, and to top it all off, he was not using a condom and um, putting the mother of these two children, who are supposed to be so precious to him, at risk of a venereal disease and at risk, uh, potentially, of a life-threatening disease. So I, I would uh, not give that, that relationship very much hope. Not to say, again, that they shouldn't try and be in therapy, but I don't think Ellen should be a fool and um, be convinced by some sweet talk. Um, so I, I'm not sure how we got off on L. Oh, because I was saying the middle of the road, yes. Um, the middle of the road is when you're thinking that there are things wrong with your partner, whether or not you have children, um, but you, you once thought or you would like to think that this might be someone who you could spend the rest of your life with, then you shouldn't just dump him or her um, without trying therapy or without first trying, of course, the conversations, you know, those conversations, um, the relationship talks that um, make both people squirm. Um, but, you know, they're important. They, they make you squirm because they're talking about things that are very sensitive. You don't want to hear about uh, things that you do that you don't want to feel that someone might be rejecting you, that this relationship talk is just a hair's breadth away from the dump you talk. Um, so, so those are very difficult, which is why a lot of times, or in most cases really, um, it is so much better to be doing this in a therapist's office, in a neutral therapist's office, um, who knows about relationships, um, to talk about these things so that you have, so that someone can point out objectively what some of the things are that um, that both partners are doing to contribute to the malfunctioning of the relationship, and then of course um, you know to to build it back up or to to try to work on these things uh, and to see if there can be ways around the things that bug you. <laughs> I mean, if there. Are, unless they're very serious things. There's no way around um, a man being sexually abusive, for example, other than, uh, other than separating and the man having years of therapy. And I don't just mean anger management. That only skims the surface. Just like I was saying about Tiger Woods, sex addiction therapy pretty much skims the surface. You need to get down to the reasons why someone is being the way they are um, abusive uh, in a relationship. So um, when we come back, I'm going to talk more about 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 all of this um, and what it is that why it is that we get to the points in relationships that we do where we do think about breaking up when at the beginning we think we're so madly in love and then how does it go from that passionate madly in love feeling to the feeling that you can't stand this person or that this person has really hurt you terribly, which is actually the feeling right before I can't stand this person. Um, because instead of, when it's harder to express the hurt and instead we, it's easier for us to feel and express the anger. Well, we do need to take a break, but when we come back, we'll talk more about Valentine's Day and I will give you more cures for your Valentine's Day blues. You're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, and I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman.
Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your question. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Are you ready to go green? You've asked, and we've heard you. Voice America presents the Green Talk Network. Environmental topics are at the forefront of our society, and the Green Talk Network is here to keep you up to date on the latest trends and new innovations for the eco-conscious lifestyle. We'll help promote a variety of ideas on the environment, from global warming issues to how you can become more eco-friendly in your daily activities. Be a part of the solution, not the problem. Visit the Green Talk Network page on voiceamerica.com and tune in to help spread the green. Are you having difficulty coping with these troubled times? Do you want help? Then contact Dr. Carol Lieberman today at www.drcarol.com. Dr. Carol is a certified psychiatrist who not only has won an Emmy, but is a regular on top television shows like Oprah Winfrey and Larry King. She's here to help you through books, CDs, and helplines. Having trouble relaxing? Check out her relaxation CD. Has the fear of terrorism crippled your life? Call the terrorism hotline. And if you're having trouble with relationships, check out her book, Bad Boys. Dr. Carol wants to help you today, so contact her at www.drcarol.com or for immediate help at 1-900-860-COPE. Get help making sense of these troubled times. www.drcarol.com Radio by George is a lifestyle program dedicated to improving the lives of listeners by focusing on the holistic growth of their mind, body, and spirit. Host Eddie George shares his life experiences as well as the experiences of his guest commentators and experts with the listening audience to focus them toward reaching their personal and professional goals. Tune in every Monday afternoon at 1 p.m. PST, 4 p.m. EST to Radio by George on the Voice America channel and learn more from the life experiences of a man who went from being a somewhat unruly kid in the streets of Philadelphia to a retired professional athlete who has become a role model for not only young people, but for businessmen and women globally. Plan to spend your Monday afternoons with Eddie George and his empowering talk radio show, Radio by George. That's every Monday at 1 p.m. PST, right here on the Voice America channel. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in your brain inspired really fast. All the time, the number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now back to the show, here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome back to... Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman, with a countdown to Valentine's Day. I'm giving you the cure for the Valentine's Day blues. Don't tell me you haven't been feeling it. We've been, uh, we're getting closer and closer, and uh, this is around the time, you know, there are all the ads on television and on the Internet and, and wherever in the stores, uh, store windows, wherever you go, there are all these as reminding you that Valentine's Day is coming, lest you could forget. Um, you know, I started in the first segment talking about Tiger Woods and Ellen Nordgren. Let's talk about a couple of other celebrities and what their Valentine's Day 
is going to be like. Um, Charlie Sheen and Brooke Mueller. Well, um, Charlie Sheen has been charged with uh, with abuse, essentially, with what she said, what Brooke said uh, he did to her. Um, and if you listen to the 911 tape, her 911 tape, um, on the morning that she called to report his alleged, I don't you know, there are different versions, attacks with a knife or threatening with her, her with a knife. Uh, I mean, she didn't actually get injured. But um, really, uh, you know, what, <laughs> well, it's going to be a difficult Valentine's Day for, for them. Um, and really, uh, that's another couple where, and it's so sad because when people have children early on before they've let the relationship um They've had a chance to see whether this relationship was going to work. Of course, they should be doing that, <laughs> seeing whether the relationship is going to work before they get married. Um, I mean, giving it enough time. But, um, you know, that's another relationship that I don't really hold out very much hope for because um, that 911 call, for example, uh, really seems to make it clear that Brooke, was calling and complaining, exaggerating what, if anything, happened that morning uh, en route to getting a divorce. Apparently, she had contacted a divorce lawyer before that fateful morning when he allegedly attacked her. And um, it seems to me that, you know, there's a bit of histrionics going on in that 911 call and that she was setting this up in order to be able to extract more money uh, you know, hush money or whatever kind of money, um, hush money even if he didn't really do anything, but just so that she didn't damage his reputation. Um, it's it's really looking like they are both a rather volatile couple, and I I don't think it bodes well if um, if they stay together. Another <laughs> boy, this is kind of so. If you think that your Valentine's Day is bad, just think about these couples. <laughs> Another example of a celebrity couple, or, or a triangle, actually, fascinating triangle. It's kept uh, everybody fascinated for, I think it's five years now. The Angelina Jolie, Brad Pitt, Jennifer Aniston triangle. Now, when, this, when Angelina stole Brad away from Jennifer, I said at that time, and I still say, and it's getting closer to being true, um, that it wasn't going to last. And that's because Angelina needed a bad boy. And yes, Brad actually does fit into one of my categories of bad boys, the misunderstood and married. But on the whole, other than that, uh, other than that faux pas, um, which has been lasting far longer than than uh, I think he expected, um, that uh, that's a relationship that really um, she is not. She needs someone who is badder than Brad. Uh, because because of her relationship with her father, and I'm going to go into some my my categories of bad boys, and for you women out there, I'm going to be telling you which of the what, who the dirty dozen is to beware of. Uh, for you gay guys out there, same thing goes for you. These are the same bad boys you should be aware of uh, and beware of. Um, but Angelina and Brad, so he really it really you know it worked for for an affair. And the problem is they've been stretching this out. She's been stretching it out uh, with one baby after another as a way of holding on to him because she knew that Jennifer, that he wanted children with Jennifer, and Jennifer wasn't 
up to giving them to him yet. Um, she was putting her career first, and perhaps she waited a little bit too long, or perhaps it wouldn't have made a difference. Um, I mean, I, th- I, I actually think it would have if they had had children at the time that Angelina was tempting Brad. But in any case, um, it's looking like this triangle is going to be breaking up, and um, that Brad is going to be going back to Jennifer. Jennifer has had her share of bad boys, one after another. And I think it's because, aside from the issue of her having had a dysfunctional relationship with her father, that she really, no one can actually measure up to Brad. She, you know, tries these people, but her heart really isn't in it because she's still in love with him. And I'm hoping that they will get back together. That would be a lovely uh, Valentine's Day story or love story on any day of the year. So why is it that we all get so messed up? Um, well, it has to do with our childhood, of course, and um, our relationships with our parents and the love map that we then form in our earliest years. Uh, for example... Women who um, have fathered, in my book, Bad Boys, Why We Love Them, How to Live With Them, and When to Leave Them, um, I talk about 12 different types of bad boys, and I talk about the type of daughter-father relationship that these women had growing up. And you can predict, um, you know, I studied this, of course, and, and um, I was able to make not only these definitions of the bad boys, but find which kinds of father-daughter relationships would lead to a woman picking a particular type of bad boy. And I'll give you some examples. But, um, you know, of course, it's, it's gotten more complicated these days because it's not just one's biological father. I mean, nowadays, since there are so many divorces and, and uh, so early on, that that women can have and little boys can have as well, um, so many different step-parents of the opposite sex. So, um, so it has to do with the relationship that one has not only with one's, one's own biological mother and father, but step-parents that get into the act too, or uh, for that matter, you know, long-term boyfriends or girlfriends that the parent has that the child uh, lives with. And of course, one of the one of the most common problems um, these days is, or you know, as you know, in the in the last, as there have become more and more divorces and parents splitting up, and typically what happens is that it's more often the father who then uh, abandons the family or leaves because he has another girlfriend and really isn't as interested in the children anymore. Now this hurts little boys and little girls. I mean, certainly um, little boys, it contributes to them uh, looking, falling prey to bad girls. But you're going to have to wait for that until next year when my book, Bad Girls, comes out. <laughs> um, only kidding, sort of. Um, but let me give you some examples about how this works with, with bad boys. So when the father in the family is not there, when the father abandons the family... And this can, as I was beginning to talk about, um, and most often it has to do with divorce, um, but it can have to do with death. It can have to do with a father being there physically, you know, not divorced, not dead, 
but um, divorced and dead emotionally. You know, perhaps the father is a workaholic and he's not really home very much, or even when he is home, he's in, he's at his computer and he's not really spending a lot of time with his daughter, um, not showing her how much he loves her and how special she is. Um, or he's a substance abuser and he's home but he's drinking or he's using drugs. Or um, he's, he, he, he's just not there, he's not present to be able to show his daughter um, that he, as the first man in her life, the first love of her life, um, is validating her and showing her how lovable she is. So the typical kind of bad boy that um, a woman like this would go after would be what I call the frazzled frog or the fixer-upper lover. And this is a guy who needs a lot of help, who doesn't have his life together, who um, who actually wants to be taken care of because he didn't have a mother. You know, the bad boys become bad because um, they, because of their relationships, dysfunctional relationships with their mother. So in this case, of this type of bad boy, their mothers weren't cuddly and nurturing, and they're looking for a woman to be that way for him. I mean, the fact that she, their mother wasn't that way is why he doesn't have his life together. And he's sort of refusing to grow up, um, and he's proud of it. And he warns women not to expect too much of him because he flaunts his neediness. He may have another addiction besides his addiction to you. And you realize that you're too good for him, but you go along and want to have the relationship anyway. And the reason is because if you are a woman like that who's been abandoned physically or emotionally by your dad, then you pick a guy who you think is going to be least likely to abandon you. And there we get the frazzled frog. We do need to take a break. When we come back, I'll be, more, I'll be back with more frogs <laughs> or more bad boys. And uh, more help for Valentine's Day. You've been listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, and I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your question. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Here's a show for baseball players, coaches, parents, and those who love the game. At least 90% of sports success, including baseball, requires mental strength in order to fully benefit from technical ability. And the higher the competition level, the more critical it becomes to possess mental muscle. Tune in every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Pacific time to Championship Thinking, hosted by Jim Meyer and brought to you by the National High School Baseball Coaches Association. Jim, sports psychology coach, trainer, and author of numerous articles and the workbook, Championship Thinking, Building Mental Muscle in Baseball, simplifies the mental game with easy Easy to understand tools and tips. With his weekly guests, Jim draws from successes with professionals, college, high school, and youth teams, coaches, and players. Learn how to remain confident and focused at crunch time when pressure, tension, and anxiety like to make an uninvited appearance. Tune in and tune up your mental and technical knowledge and skills with Championship Thinking every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time right here on America's Voice, Voice America. 
comes down to, ladies, is that defining line between been there, done that, and ain't going back, baby. Yeah, I've heard them call you yuppies and baby boomers, maybe even dolls, babes, darling, sugar, and sweetheart, but I say that women are truly amazing. Join Dr. Marlene for Amazing Women, Brains, Beauty, and Style every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Pacific right here on the Voice America Women's Radio Network. Are you having difficulty coping with these troubled times? Do you want help? Then contact Dr. Carol Lieberman today at www.drcarol.com. Dr. Carol is a certified psychiatrist who not only has won an Emmy, but is a regular on top television shows like Oprah Winfrey and Larry King. She's here to help you through books, CDs, and helplines. Having trouble relaxing? Check out her relaxation CD. Has the fear of terrorism crippled your life? Call the terrorism hotline. And if you're having trouble with relationships, check out her book, Bad Boys. Dr. Carol wants to help you today, so contact her at www.drcarol.com or for immediate help at 1-900-860-COPE. Get help making sense of these troubled times. www.drcarol.com Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now back to the show, here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman, here with you today trying to help you with the cure for the Valentine's Day blues. We're on a countdown to Valentine's Day. And, uh, you know, it, this day brings us back to, um, you know, we think we're all grown and sophisticated and everything, but when Valentine's Day comes around, we can't help but remembering what it was like um, when we were little. Now, in grade school, for example, think back, what was Valentine's Day? What are your memories of Valentine's Day in grade school? Well, um, there were the... The cards, the little cards that you would uh, give to your friends, sometimes you'd give them to everybody in the class or sometimes just to your special friends. Uh, then there was the those chalk hearts, those, uh, they taste like chalk, the, the little candies that have the sayings on them, how those candies have what's still been around when they taste so awful, but they have these cute little sayings on them. Somebody should make a chocolate something that has the same sayings on it um, that you could give out in little, little hearts like that. But anyway, we love them still because of what they say. And so there was that. Who did you give those little hearts to? Um, and at the end of the day, the kid with the most Valentines wins. I mean, it was like it got to be a competition. And then, of course, there was the question of um, as you got a little older and you wouldn't just give them to everybody in your class, but it really meant something. Were you going to get one from that cute guy in the class or the cute girl, or were you going to give one to them? I mean, it's all about, it's so symbolic because it is all about giving your heart away. Are you willing to risk? Are you willing to tell somebody that you like them or love them? And we're so scared of that these days because um, we've just become more and more gun-shy of giving our heart because of the more times we're hurt 
or the more seriously we're hurt, even if it's just one or two times, the more we recoil from the idea of um, risking our heart again. And, you know, some of it can be traced back to, um, well, in some ways it can be traced back to these earliest experiences, even like being in third grade and not getting a valentine from enough people or more people or the guy or girl you really wanted. Um, then, then when you grow, as you grow up, the stakes are even higher. So, but it's still, it's so funny because it's higher and it's more sophisticated and all of that, but deep down we're still little kids with very fragile hearts. And we're, it's really sad that we become more and more protective of them. It's understandable, but it's still sad because I look around and I see people doing all of these, um, these making these defensive movements, you know, trying so hard to protect their own heart that they're keeping love away. They're doing things that push people away. You know, they they're afraid to show they're interested at all, or they're um, or they when the person the other person gets too close, they do something or say something purposely to push that person away. Let's say cheating, for example. Um, not because they necessarily want to cheat, but because they're afraid that the relationship with their girlfriend or boyfriend is getting too close and it's getting too scary because they could their heart could be broken. No, that's not an excuse for any of you. <laughs> I could just see people jotting that down. That's what I'm going to tell her. I did it because... <laughs> well, if it's true, you should always tell the truth, but... But the thing is that um, we we each need to become, I mean, the one thing that Valentine's Day needs to to teach all of us is, is in this taking stock of our love life is how much are we, how much love are we giving out and how much are we letting love in? Um, you know, it's not just about how good is this person, can I do better, but um, it's it's really being honest with yourself and asking yourself what you do, perhaps, to push people away. Um, for example, women who have been sexually abused, uh, there are actually two, two extremes that they usually go to. One is becoming... If women who, become sexu- who were sexually abused as little girls, they grow up and they go to one extreme or the other. They either become uh, overly promiscuous as a way to try to pretend to themselves that the abuse didn't hurt them, didn't mean anything, or um, they become overly uh, protective and scared of being, of, of another man touching them. I mean, literally and, and figuratively, they don't want to get close to anybody. So they wind up putting on a lot of weight and they wear clothes that um, really sort of you know, don't draw it doesn't don't draw attention to them. Um, bulky sweaters, for example, dark colors. Uh, I mean, like browns and grays and dark greens and so on. Um, just things that that help them disappear into the woodwork. And uh, so, so the thing is that what these these early relationships are are still haunting us. You know, the, the unconscious is alive and well. And it is affecting people um, to whatever age they are, to the present, because our our mind is like a video camera. We record the sounds and the sights that we see and the feelings that we have, even from before birth. And um, 
all of these pains, these memories of the pain, um, being hurt by the opposite sex, whether that's our fathers or then um, or our mothers or or our lovers, um, we're we still have to battle the things that are telling us to protect ourselves in order to be able to reach out and um, and take a chance, another chance on love. And that, you know, the more that people are, the scary thing is not only is this bad for you if you're not willing to do that because your life is, is less rich, um, but, um, and, and, and it's hard to be as successful if you don't have someone who's there supporting you and, and, and so on. There's all kinds of reasons, and sex is really important for your health and, and all of these things. Um, but in addition to, to the impact on you as an individual and the people who you're withholding your love from, who could be bathed in it, um, it's also bad for the world. I mean, this world is, you know, there are a lot of things that that are are good, like when we see what happened in Haiti and, and how the world came, especially the United States, of course, um, but how the world came to the sent sent boats and sent all kinds of things to help them. Um, I mean, even though so many people, I mean, I, that's why I said the United States, of course, I mean, even though we're having our own financial troubles, um, somehow people find money and find um, find it in their heart to, to give of themselves when there is some kind of a human catastrophe. But other than these, these bright moments, um, you know, where, where we can be feel good about the human spirit, there are really a lot of things, I mean, wars and violence that are, that have been uh, heating up over the years and um, that are come from, in part, um, besides violent media, of course, which is my pet peeve that has been exported all around the world and, and spread hatred and spread violence. And I'm not talking about any specific cultural or political issue, but just in general, um, by by seeing violence, uh, all the studies have shown that we become more violent the more violence in the media we consume. So that has been spread around the world. But also, this withholding of love, this protecting our hearts, I mean, it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy that um, that the more self-protective we are, the more we withhold love, the less likely we are to get it. Because just just think about that. If everyone is you know has been hurt and they're protecting themselves, they're not giving out love either. I mean, they're protecting their own hearts. But look at all the people who they could have been giving love to, who they're not. And and this multiplies exponentially around the world, so that it makes the world a more dangerous and and cold um, and violent and empty place. So, <laughs> there's going to be a conclusion to all of this. Um, I'm going to be telling you about, uh, in, in the next segment, about what I want you all to do for Valentine's Day. But before we, we get to that, let me just mention the, um, boy, the time is going quickly, even, with, even when I'm just talking myself. Um, I just want to mention the, the 12 different types of bad boys. So, I don't know how much time we'll have to go into them, but at least you women will know what to look out for. And a bad boy in general is a heartbreaker. 
So we talked about the frazzled frog. There's the wanton wolf, who's a compulsive flirt. The would-be wizard, also called the grandiose dreamer. The philandering prince, who's the misunderstood and married. The autocratic aristocrat, Mr. Powerman, that's a controlling guy. Marriage-shy monarch, a commitment-phobe. Now, this is a type of guy that you're going to see a lot of on Valentine's Day. Guys who are afraid to give you a box of candy because they think you're going to misinterpret that and think that they um, are going to, that's a a sign that they're going to marry you. Uh, The brooding beast, also called the wounded poet. The pert puppet, called the self-absorbed seducer. The bewildering bluebeard, a man of mystery. The adventurous Aladdin, a dramatic daredevil. The voracious vampire, a prince of darkness, and the ruthless robber, a lethal lover. And the reason why, <laughs> the reason why there are two names for the each of the twelve types of bad boys is because I, I have a um, I use a, a fairy tale to illustrate each of these types. And so some of these names, you know, come are related to the fairy tale, like um, um, the would-be wizard, for example, was from the Wizard of Oz, and and uh, um, well, of course, Adventurous Aladdin, you know, some of these are pretty self-explanatory. But, but anyway, we do need to take a break. We will be back. I will uh, be giving you the cure again, more, for the Valentine's Day blues. You're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, and I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Talk, talk, talk. That's all we do is talk. Yeah! If you'd like to talk, call us toll-free right now at 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. That's it. That's it. VoiceAmerica.com. Are you feeling overwhelmed? Do you lack energy and enthusiasm? Do you really want to change your thoughts and feelings? Can you really stay sane when your life isn't? Of course you can, just by listening to Stay Sane Now each week with Claudine Strzok and co-host Wesley Stoller. You'll have fun and learn how to make each new day the best day of your life. Every show is designed to energize and get you started off on the next week. Stay Sane Now is broadcast live Thursdays at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific on 7th Wave Network. Are you having difficulty coping with these troubled times? Do you want help? Then contact Dr. Carol Lieberman today at www.drcarol.com. Dr. Carol is a certified psychiatrist who not only has won an Emmy, but is a regular on top television shows like Oprah Winfrey and Larry King. She's here to help you through books, CDs, and helplines. Having trouble relaxing? Check out her relaxation CD. Has the fear of terrorism crippled your life? Call the terrorism hotline. And if you're having trouble with relationships, check out her book, Bad Boys. Dr. Carol wants to help you today, so contact her at www.drcarol.com or for immediate help at 1-900-860-COPE. Get help making sense of these troubled times. www.drcarol.com Here's a show for baseball players, coaches, parents, and those who love the game. At least 90% of sports success, including baseball, requires mental strength in order to fully benefit from technical ability. And the higher the competition level, the more critical it becomes to possess mental muscle. Tune in every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Pacific time to Championship Thinking, hosted by Jim Meyer and brought to you by the National High School Baseball Coaches Association. Jim, sports psychology coach, trainer, and author of numerous articles and the workbook, Championship Thinking, Building Mental Muscle in Baseball, simplifies the mental game with easy 
easy-to-understand tools and tips. With his weekly guest, Jim draws from successes with professionals, college, high school, and youth teams, coaches, and players. Learn how to remain confident and focused at crunch time when pressure, tension, and anxiety like to make an uninvited appearance. Tune in and tune up your mental and technical knowledge and skills with Championship Thinking every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time right here on America's Voice, Voice America. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now back to the show, here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman with the cure for those Valentine's Day blues. Um, before I tell you what I want you to do on Valentine's Day, um, I, I just want to briefly, uh, since I mentioned the commitment phobe, and since there are going to be a lot of commitment phobes showing their true colors <laughs> this uh, Valentine's Day, let me just read you. I'm reading from the, um, from the test and at the beginning of my uh, Bad Boys book. What's his problem? The chapter. What's his problem anyway? Um, the commitment phobe, also called the marriage shy monarch, um, and th- these are the five, the five uh, symptoms, biggest glaring symptoms. Uh, one, no one measures up to the detailed checklist that describes his dream girl. Two, he looks for something wrong with every woman he dates so he can drop her. Three, he delays or avoids any move toward emotional intimacy. Four, he wants to keep his erotic and romantic options open. Five, he's wary of signs you're moving in on him. If the relationship heats up, his sex drive cools down. So, and there are, the reasons for this are, of course, as always, it goes back to his mother. But, um, but the is, one of the issues is that he doesn't want you to get close enough to see his flaws. The closer you get, the more he's scared that if you see what he's really like, he's going to dump you. I mean, you're going to dump him. <laughs> so he dumps you before you can dump him is what that's about. Well, let me tell you about Valentine's Day and what I want you to do. Uh, and I hope that everything I've said up to now gives you the impetus to do it. Um, you know, yes, you can think of all kinds of creative things to add to this, but I'm going to give you the basics, okay, so that it's anybody can do it. Now, there's the basics or sending a card or, of course, now an email, a Valentine's email, or flowers or candy. And as I said, you can be more creative than that, but let's just look at the basics. Who should you send these to? Well, <laughs> even though your mother or, and or father uh, created the, the dysfunction that is now making it hard for you to find a Valentine, you should still send them um, one of the above, cards, emails, flowers, candy, or your creative idea. You should also send it to your grandparents. You should, uh, if they're still with you, um, they, you should, of course, send it to your husband or wife, uh, your girlfriend or boyfriend, your friends. Um, you know, there are all kinds of Valentines. I mean, they don't all mean, uh, I love you and I want to get in your pants. <laughs> you can send it to your friends. Um, it's love. It's about love. There are as many different kinds of Valentines, you know, and sentiments that you can write on a Valentine as um, there are different types of love. So you can make the Valentine mean whatever it is that you want. Um, so if you have friends, especially friends who you don't think are going to be getting Valentines from any of their lovers or, or um, anybody, 
those are the people that you especially want to send something to. Um, someone who you have a crush on. There must be that guy or that girl who you've been um, thinking about, but you haven't had the guts to go up to them and ask them on a date or do something that shows them that you like them. Well, why not take a chance? I mean, what is the worst that could happen? You know, they could give you that one of those looks like, ooh, <laughs> you think you're going to go out with me? <laughs> Um, are you kidding? <laughs> Do you really think I would go out with you? But, you know, so then you know to move on and stop wasting your time uh, dreaming about them. It's not going to work and you find somebody else. But, um, you know, it can be very cleansing. At work, some good ideas. Bring, um, bring things to work with you. You can bring some heart cookies or cupcakes. You can bring those little chalky candies that I was talking about. You can bring a rose for one for everybody. I mean, it's, you don't have to make it. I'm not saying um, to single out any one person at work. That probably is not appropriate and could get you in trouble for sexual harassment. But if you bring whatever it is for the whole office, um, I realize that can get expensive if it's a big office, but maybe you could do it for your area, something to uh, to make Give people a smile. You know, this might be the only chalky thing that they get um, and or the only hug that they get. If you haven't gotten anything or you don't, or you can't afford to get anything, not that these little chalky things are... Or, or get um, another thing is those little kisses. Uh, the Hershey's Kisses is another great idea. So that's not very expensive, and you put one of those on everybody's desk. Um, you know, anything that just shows a person that someone else in this world is thinking of them is is wishing them well, is wishing them a, a friendship kind of love, a colleague or co-worker kind of love, just some kind of good feeling. That goes such a long way. Now, you also need to um, love yourself on Valentine's Day. You need to do plan something now. You can't wait till the morning of Valentine's Day and try to schedule a massage. I mean, yeah, you might get in somewhere, but... But it's better to, to plan whatever it is that you want to do to show yourself that you love yourself today. Um, because the closer it gets to Valentine's Day, the you might not be able to, to schedule whatever it is. Um, you can take a day off and schedule a day of reading a book. You know, so many of us get so busy. It's hard for us to find time to just sit in bed and read a book or sit on the, even better, sit on the beach or sit in someplace in nature and read a book, preferably a self-help book <laughs> like Bad Boys or some other self-help book that will help you to find love in the next year so that when the next Valentine's Day comes around, you, um, you'll be more sure of getting a Valentine. If you are, the one cardinal rule is do not be alone. I mean, yes, it's great to go get yourself a massage or to read or whatever else you decide that is something that would, you know, going to the gym, anything that's lo loving towards yourself. Um, but besides that, whatever, if that's an alone activity, then you have to schedule, and again, now, not the morning of Valentine's Day, schedule some kind of a lunch or a dinner or a movie or something or other with your friends, with friends who don't have... <laughs> husbands or boyfriends or girlfriends or wives that they're going to be spending the day with and get together, all of you, so that you can uh, get drunk and <laughs> bemoan your fate. <laughs> no, I'm, would I recommend that you get drunk? Of course not. Um, you can have a couple of glasses of wine, but don't drive. Um, 
But but seriously, folks, uh, you need to, you know, it would be good to have those discussions about why it is that you think you are all sitting there together and not with your valentine. Uh, maybe you could give each other some helpful hints about, you know, what you should be doing, notably being more, taking more risks and being more open and, and trying to share your love and, and, uh, and recognizing that, you know, it would be nicer to be spending the day with a valentine. Um, another thing is, you know, I said talking about uh, sending gifts and so on to these various people, you know, um, if you have a mother or a father who is alone, I mean, if they're divorced or widowed or whatever, spending the day with them is great. Um, but the bottom line is that it, in the end, it is the kid with the most Valentines who wins. And that is um, the more love that we can gather in, as we pass through this life, and more importantly, the more love we can give as we pass through this life, the more it will be a winning life. And God knows we need more love in this world. So go out there. Go out there and, uh, and find somebody or some bodies to give love to this Valentine's Day. And you know what? The thing that you're going to find out is the more love that you can give all around, all these kinds of people that I mentioned, and I'm sure you could think of more, um, the more you give love by the end of the day, the more love you will feel inside. Thank you all for listening. You've been listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, and I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Thank you for joining us on Dr. Carol's Couch. Join us next week at 1 p.m. Pacific time for another installment of Dr. Carol's Couch. We'll save you a seat. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network its staff and management.